This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Somebody say it's all about Jesus. Amen. It's all about Jesus. Jesus is the key. Amen. And I'm telling you, if you don't honor the son, Jesus said, if you don't honor the son, you don't honor the father. And, you know, we can say we love God, but do we love Jesus? And I'm going to say this to you today. You need to love Jesus. Amen. He's the way, the truth and the life. Glory to God. And we're on a message series heading all the way up to Easter. And I just wanted to, you know, we're going to be um, uh, doing a really big Easter Sunday morning. And, you know, Easter is one of the, the times where um, where people come to church more than any other time of the year. And so I want to encourage you. Um, I know you've been inviting people. I've, I've been getting the reports and, and, and they're saying they're coming. But Easter is normally is the day that they will really come. Amen. And so you let them know that we're going to do something fun on Easter and it's going to be a great message and just start inviting people and, you know, people need Jesus. You know, Jesus is the answer for the world today. I think that's a song, isn't it? He's the answer and he's your answer. Amen. Uh, We have a series on Jesus is and last week we talked about that Jesus is our best friend. Amen. And he qualifies to be our best friend. Amen. Because we found out last week and we discovered most people have an idea about Jesus and they really don't know really what Jesus has done. Most people don't even read their Bible. I'm going to say it again. Most people don't study. They get they get the idea of what Jesus is by movies, by pictures, by portraits. But we need to get a revelation of who Jesus is through the word of God. And of course, last week we talked about that Jesus did not live all his life working miracles. You know, he lived 30 years of his life as a regular man doing regular stuff. So he can identify with us. Because we're regular people doing regular things. And he did that for most of his life. His ministry was only for three years. So think about that. 30 years he had to live like we live. Amen. Amen. But then he was anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And empowered by the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. So, so let's look at our foundational scripture. 1 Corinthians 2. And this is the Apostle Paul, and uh, we're, we're looking at the message here, 1 Corinthians 2, 1 and 2. And it says here, you remember, friends, that when I first came to you, and uh, to let, let you in on God's master stroke, I didn't try to impress you with polished speeches and the latest philosophies. I'm going to say this to you today. I'm not here to try to woo you today. Amen. I'm here to give you some truth about who Jesus is. And when you get truth about who Jesus is, and you get a greater revelation of who Jesus is. I believe your faith is going to go higher. And I'm telling you, the most powerful thing that you possess, not only your salvation in God, but your faith in God. And so hopefully when you're coming out here on Sunday mornings, your faith is increasing. Look at your neighbor and say your faith is increasing. Amen. 
And so he says here, Paul says here in 1 Corinthians, he says here, I deliberately kept it plain and simple. First, Jesus and who he is. Then Jesus and what he did. And Jesus crucified. Amen. So we understand this, that Jesus walked a normal life. And we talked, uh, I'm going to focus on this one scripture and then we're going to go into my message. But in Hebrews 2, 17 and 18, in the New King James Version, it says this. Therefore, in all things, we, uh, he had been made like his brother. And talking about Jesus, he has been made like us, that he might be the merciful, faithful, high priest in things pertaining to God. To make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself was suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are being tempted. Glory to God. So we talked about that Jesus, you know, he was tempted in all points because he, he, he was a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. He laid down his glory. And so he had the power of the Holy Spirit upon him, but he still had to stand against sin. He still had to stand against temptation. And I'm going to say this to you today, especially when you become a Christian, there are going to be temptations to do wrong. There's going to be there's going to be things that the enemy is going to try to get us to do that's wrong. But you, you, you're going to have to submit yourself to God, resist the devil. And guess what the devil will do? He will flee from you. So I'm going to talk to you today about Jesus is, and then we fill in the blank, and uh, Jesus is the miracle worker. And I love this about Jesus is because, you know, he is the miracle worker and he worked miracles. That was, he, he was famous, you know, Jesus was famous about doing miracles. The most famous thing that he did which was out of the box, was the miracles that he was producing, was he would cast out demons. So what was he doing? He was setting the people free. Amen. So so there there are, you know, we are in a spiritual battle today. And there is a spiritual warfare. But thank God that Jesus has overcome the world. And we can overcome this world too. No matter what you might be battling today, maybe you're battling a sickness. Jesus has a miracle for your sickness. Maybe you're maybe you're maybe you have some children that's not acting right or they're not. You know, you're praying for salvation. Jesus is their way out of their problems into the kingdom of God. So Jesus is the miracle worker. And so if you're needing a miracle day, Jesus can do financial miracles. Do you believe that? Jesus can do miracles and he, Jesus can do healing miracles. Jesus can do restoration miracles. Jesus can do it. And most and some theologians and unfortunately, I'm glad that I some some ministers go to cemetery, cemetery, I mean seminary. And uh, and what they do is they get a head full of knowledge. And a lot of times some of these seminaries will preach the the, the miracles right out of faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In other words, they will teach that miracles have passed away and we don't need miracles. All we need is the word of God. But some of these people that believe that they never needed a miracle. 
In other words, they probably never got a report that, of, of cancer because if they got a report of cancer that they were going to die and there was no medical uh, power to, to take care of them, then they might be relying on God. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? But, but we, I, I, I believe that God still does miracles. Amen. And I, I, I like this because God is not the God of I was and he's not the God of maybe or might. He's the God of I am. So he is the now God. Can somebody say amen on that? Hebrews 13, 8. The New King James Version says it this way. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if Jesus did miracles 2,000 years ago, he's still doing miracles today. And he wants to do miracles through you. Oh, man, I'm preaching today. He not only will he do a miracle for you, he wants to do a miracle through you. Somebody say, I'm representing the kingdom. Oh, you hear what I'm saying too? In other words, you can become somebody's miracle. What? Yes. Who, me? Yes, you. You can become the miracle. You can become, you, God has placed us down here so we can be miracle workers. Only Jesus can, no, no, Jesus can work miracles through us to others. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So we got to believe that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I love this about Jesus and and we're talking about Jesus all this month and all the way up to Easter. And, and I, like, I love this about Jesus is that whenever Jesus comes into the equation, there's always seems to be a miracle around him. And I love this because because Jesus, uh, I believe this. Some people don't believe this, but I, I truly believe the word of God. You have to believe the word. of God. I believe that Jesus uh, was born of a virgin. Mary was a virgin. That it's called an immaculate conception, a miraculous conception. She was, was, was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon her. Amen. Do you believe that? I believe that Jesus was, was that, that, that Mary was a virgin. Jesus was born of a virgin. I believe that. Because, see, because Jesus' blood, the, the blood comes from the male, and Jesus' blood is God's blood. Hallelujah. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? It's precious blood. It was precious blood that was poured out on Calvary to wash our sins. Oh, praise God on that. He's not just a man. He's the God man. Like I said last week, you know, Buddha didn't, wasn't immaculate conceived. You know, Muhammad wasn't immaculate conceived, but Jesus was. And Jesus is. I believe that. I remember I was at dinner one time. I was eating dinner and I was talking to a lady. And I was talking to her about Jesus. I said, do you believe that Jesus was born of a virgin and, she, and, and, and that he walked perfectly in this life? That, you know, Jesus walked a perfect life. He never sinned. And she said, I don't know about that. 
See, what, what, what man and, and religion is trying to do, what, what, what people, they're trying to put God in a box. They're trying to figure out God, and they're trying to figure him out. And you can't figure out God with your pea brain. If, if you could figure out all about God and how he does things and how he's able to do things, then he's not the God you should be serving. Because, I, because there is a mystery about God. That's why we need to seek him. Because we, there, God is mysterious in some areas. And we're not going to understand everything about what's going on in our life. What's happening? Why is this happening? We're not, we aren't going to understand it or see it. Because the Bible says we look in a, in a glass dimly. We don't see the whole picture. But thank God we have a God that does see the whole picture. And thank God that we can turn to him, glory to God, and he can reveal truth to us. Amen. And so we're talking about miracles today. And we're going we're gonna to look at this, this miracle here in Luke 1, 26 to 38. It's a little bit of reading, but bear with me. And um, because I, I, I have, I have uh, ministered on this subject before, but, you know, it's good to be reminded. Amen. I just love reading the scriptures and I, I love reading them over and over again. Why? Because it emboldens my faith. Because I don't know about you, but I forget. You know, my, my mom, might, I might be talking to my mom. She might be reminding me about something um, and that I, I used to do or, or whatever. And I, and I said, uh, I can't, I, I, I didn't remember that. You know, I, I was talking to her the other day and I was uh, cooking and, and I made some, um, um, Yin actually made some spaghetti for me, actually a pasta and chicken with, um, actually it was pasta and salmon. Boy, I'm getting you guys hungry, yeah. And with, uh, with uh, what's that white sauce? Um, Alfredo. And, uh, and, I, and I used to eat that all the time. I guess I did. My mom said, you used to make that all the time when you lived at, at, at the house. And I said, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. And I, I love Alfredo sauce. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But well, we'll continue with the message. And uh, and so but but it's easy. What I'm saying is it's easy to forget. And that's why the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is activated. And the most important thing, again, that you possess is not just your salvation in God is your faith in God. In other words, you got to get you got to keep getting a revelation that God is on the throne. You've got to keep getting a revelation that Jesus is in control. You've got to get a revelation that the Holy Spirit is leading you and guiding you into all truth. You've got to get a revelation. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so let's look at this in Luke 1, 26 and 38. It says, now in the sixth month, the aged angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to be a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin, notice it's saying the virgin, amen. The virgin name was Mary. Having come in, the angel said to her, I love this, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. I want, we're going we're gonna to look at a couple keys here um, about you know, if you want to walk in the miracles of God, if you want to receive a miracle of God, 
You got to get a rep. You, you first of all, you need to start rejoicing. Amen. He said, rejoice. The first thing the angel said to Mary is rejoice. And then he said, highly favored one. And I'm going to say this to you today. If you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you are highly favored. Do you know how many people out here that don't have a relationship with God? Do you know how highly favored you are? Did you know that you didn't? It wasn't your idea to get saved. You, You think, oh, I'm smart. I'm smart enough to choose God. No, we're not smart enough to choose God. God chose you. God drew you by his spirit. God opened your eyes to if you didn't serve him, you might be going to a place you don't want to go to. Has anybody had that revelation? I mean, I, I, I see some people, Delta, you know, uh, that's, that's in, in the church today. Good having you out here with your family. And, and Delta had a revelation of hell. And God just, you know, he was, he, he was young. But he had a revelation. God gave him a revelation of hell. And, and it, it, it turned him right. <laughs> He's in church today. Some of us might need to get a revelation of hell. To get us right with God. I'm telling you, your sin unchecked can send you straight down. Ooh, nobody likes that kind of preaching. I like that. I want, I want to be scared. I, I want to have a fear. The, Jesus said, don't fear the devil that can destroy your body, but fear God that can send your body to hell. Ooh, man, how many people fear God? Today? I'm, I'm talking about have a reverential fear of God, a, 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 a holy honor. In other words, what I'm talking about is that you should have a heart to want to please God, Amen. not please yourself, Amen. not please your own fleshy desires, not please those things. No, you have to have a heart to please God. God's looking for those that are, that are looking. He's looking for those that are transparent and that want to please him. And some of us want to please ourselves. Hallelujah. You please God and God will please you. I'm going to say, can I say it again? You please God and God will please. In other words, he says, when your ways are right before God, he'll make even your enemies be at peace with you. That's awesome. That's awesome. So he said, rejoice, highly favor one. We need we need to get a heart of rejoicing and we need to get a revelation that we're highly favored of God. And then he says, the Lord is with you. If you're going to walk in miracles, you got to get a revelation that God is with you no matter what it looks like. God's with you. I, I was, you know, sometimes as a pastor, you know, I get tested at times. And, you know, you probably don't think that, but I do. And sometimes the enemy will try to put fear on me. Oh, not you, pastor. You're going to knock them all down. And, but every once in a while, the fear will try to come on me. And I'll start confessing scripture. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. You better learn some scriptures. Because, because the devil is going to try to put some fear on you. And, and, and so, and so, and so we got to get a revelation. We, if we're going to walk in the miracles of God, we got to get the fear out of us. 
Notice it says here, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and consider what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. He said to get the fear out of your life. Don't allow fear to come into your equation. Don't don't let worry come in. In other words, cast your cares on the Lord for he careth for you. And I remember I was doing some fear the other day and I just started confessing. I'm casting all my cares on you, Lord, for you careth for me. And I said it again. I, and you're, and then, I, then I connected another scripture. Your yoke is easy and your burdens are light. And then I connected another scripture. Your grace is sufficient for me. In my weakness, you are made strong. And then I connect another scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You better have some scriptures coming out of your mouth. And that devil, that fearful devil that was trying to get on me, left. Why? Because you start speaking the word of God like the son of God and the devil doesn't know who he's dealing with. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Get some scriptures in your equation. Do not be afraid. But what if this happens and what if that happens? God is with you. But what if I make a wrong decision? What if I shouldn't have gone out there? Listen, you're better off walking in faith doing something than than walking in faith and doing nothing. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? In other words, if you're going to walk in the faith of God, you're going to need to step out into the water every once in a while and believe that God can hold you up. And he will. Because he's the God that, that stands with us. He's with us. And then he says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will be no end. Woo! Glory to God. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, also conceived a son in her old age. And now this is the sixth month for her who was called barren. Listen, listen, Mary and uh, uh, I mean, Elizabeth and and her his her husband uh, was believing to have a baby and they were beyond childbirth. And God, listen, some of you are waiting for a miracle. Listen, it's never too late. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It may take a long time, but God will work it out. You're not dead yet, are you? Glory, keep believing God. And, and he says here, and, and the, I believe the angel said this. He, he was saying, and, and, and Elizabeth, your cousin, you know, uh, Zechariah, you know, was in the temple. 
and, and, and he was doing his priestly duties, that's when the angel came to him first and gave him the good news about him having a son and calling his name John and that he would be great. And I'm going to say this. Sometimes, you know, I believe this, that this is just a side note. Zacharias and, and Elizabeth, they look cursed. Because in that day and age, you, if you didn't have a baby, which that was the reason why you got married was to procreate and to have seed, to have children. And, and, and people were wondering, what's wrong with him? And sometimes when we're not bearing and we're not seeing our prayers answered, sometimes people will look at us or sometimes the enemy will talk to us and the devil will say, what's wrong with you? Nothing's wrong with you. You're walking with God. You're walking upright. You're doing the right things. You don't grow weary in doing well. You will reap. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. No, you keep doing the right things. The devil wants us to turn back. The Bible says if you put your hand to the plow and then turn back into sin, then you're not worthy of his kingdom. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I'm not turning back. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And then he says here, and in her old age she conceived and says, for with God, get this in your vocabulary, with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing. Nothing's impossible with God. And and, and, then that's the key. Nothing, nothing is impossible. All things are possible with those who believe and all things are possible with God. Amen. And then she, what did she do? She said, be it according to your word. Uh, she said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. What's the greatest level of faith is taking God by his word and believing it. You got to believe his word. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So we need, we need to, she, she got her miracle because she cooperated with the words of God spoken through the angels, so through the angel Gabriel. So when Jesus does his miracles, and when he starts doing miracles in our lives, what do we need to do? We need to cooperate with him. So, so we need to look at, uh, I want to talk to you about Jesus' uh, first miracle that he performed. You know, he never performed a miracle the 30 years before he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. His first miracle was turning water into wine. Amen. You know, let me just give you uh, uh, some scriptures here. Uh, because Jesus never acted independently by himself. In other words, Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to just give you a few scriptures to, to, gi- to give you a little bit of information here. Matthew 1.18 says Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit. We just read that. Luke 3.22 says the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove when he got water baptized. Luke 4.1 says Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. Luke 4.14 says he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Luke 4.18 says the Spirit of the Lord is upon him for he has anointed him to preach the gospel of the good news. Amen. And Luke 10, 21 says he rejoiced greatly in the spirit. Acts 10, 38 says he was anointed of the Holy Spirit and a power. 
Think about this. Jesus did not operate independently. He did not operate in his own God power. He had to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to say this to you. We're down here. We're not alone. We have the Holy Spirit. And we can walk in that same anointing. We can walk in that same grace. That overcoming grace. You, I'm looking at overcomers today. Somebody say, I'm an overcomer. Amen. So we're going to talk about Jesus's first miracle, and that's in John 2. And I, you know, I, John 2, and this is really Jesus uh, turning the water to wine. I'm not a drinker. I don't drink. Uh, uh, so I, I, I think uh, drinking and alcohol can cause lots of problems in, in, in people's lives. Amen. And so and if, if, if you're not careful, it can control you and say you controlling it. So I'm not, I, I don't drink. I mean, I drink, I, I drink, you know, Jesus said, they who are thirsty come, uh, come to God. And I drink from the Lord. Amen. In other words, I get in God's presence. And the Holy Spirit's presence will give me the joy and the peace. I don't need an alcoholic drink to give me peace or joy. Amen. But I'm going to say this, that, that his first miracle. And I remember one time that I was uh, in, in church and I was a new believer. And uh, I, I wanted to know because I was so curious. Why did Jesus turn water to wine? And I was in a class uh, learning about being a, a, a Christian. And I, it was called First Principles class. And, and it was a new beginner's class, new Christian's class. And I asked the lady, I said, I said uh, Jesus turned water to wine. I said, that was his first miracle. Is it okay to drink wine? And I remember that guy that brought me to the class was like, wow, man, you're bold. And I was just, I wanted to know. Because I'm just a young, dumb Christian. And so, and, and a lady could not answer me. So she must have been a wine drinker. No, I won't go there. But, uh, but, but, but later on, God gave me a revelation of this. Now, this is just a side note. I'm not going to charge you for this this morning. But, but the Holy Spirit revealed to me why Jesus turned water to wine. Why did he do that miracle? Because, you know, it, it seems like it was such an, you know, it's, it's, you know, it was at a wedding. And what was the big deal about the wine in a wedding? And uh, you got to understand Jewish customs and all that. And, and that they that their their big deal was more not on the ceremony, but on the reception. And their receptions could, could last up to seven days. Can you imagine Boy, I, I thought a marriage, you know, is expensive today, just one day. Think about seven days of feeding people. I, I couldn't think about that. But anyway, and, uh, and, so, and so, so really, as I read this one day, the Holy Spirit revealed to me the truth of it. And, 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 and let's look at John 2 and 1 through 11. I'm just going to read this. It says, on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And it's interesting, nothing is put in the Bible by happenstance. And notice it says on the third day. What happens on the third day? Jesus was raised from the dead. Think about that. Jesus was raised on the dead on the third day. In other words, it's the, the, the number three means resurrection power. It means resurrection. It, 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 it's, it's on the third day Jesus was raised. So, so let's, let's just continue. On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, they had a problem. The mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. 
And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And so when you read this off and you see this, because when you read further down, you find out Jesus did a miracle. Why would he say that's not my time to do a miracle? Why would he say it that way if he did a miracle? Have you ever thought about that? See, sometimes when you read scriptures, you have to kind of question, why, why is this going on? And as I was reading this, uh, the, 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 the wine uh, is, is a symbol also of the Holy Spirit. And so wine can be re- a representation of the Holy Spirit or the wine can be representation of the blood of Jesus. Would you agree or not? And so, and so wine can be a symbolization of the, the new wine of the Holy Spirit. Do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Too? So it's the Holy Spirit, really, when you're walking with God, you should have some joy in your life. Amen. You should have some peace in your life. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? You should have a, a jump in your, you should be doing the bunny hop like I do. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? You should be, woo, glory to God. I'm saved and sanctified. I'm on my way to heaven. Glory to God. And so, and so the wine represents that. And so when Jesus heard they have the wine, you've got to understand why Jesus was here. See, Jesus came to this earth, and I've ministered on this on Christmas Day, but Jesus came to the earth to pay for man's sins. He came to undo the works of the evil one. To set man free. But he also came to send the Holy Spirit. Because it's, he said, it's expedient that I go. Because he kept saying to his disciples, I'm going to be leaving you. I'm going soon. I'm going to the cross. I'm going to be going back to the Father. I'm going to be leaving you. But he said, it's expedient that I go. And he said, why? Because if I don't go, I cannot send you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to live this Christian life if we're yielding to the Holy Spirit and not to the flesh. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? And so the Holy Spirit empowers us. And so one of the main reasons, not only to pay and redeem mankind from their sins so that we could have a relationship with God, but so that we could have the Holy Spirit abiding on the inside of us. Isn't that wonderful? It's, that's why you're not alone today. You have the Holy Ghost. I, I knew one guy that was in our church, and he would, he would make a trip. He said, and he was a single guy. He said, well, we're going to be going on a trip tomorrow. And he, he always used the we. <laughs> and I was like, what? He sounds kind of weird. A we? And, and I understood now. He was talking about him and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he, was getting a rev- he had a revelation that it wasn't just him. It was him and the Holy Spirit. You never travel alone. You either have the Holy Spirit or the devil. You better get rid of the devil. You better not be traveling with the devil. Because he'll, he'll, he'll travel you down the primrose path of destruction in a heartbeat. Are you listening? And so, so he said here, what, he, what Jesus was thinking here was, woman, it is not my time. Because every time in the scriptures that, that, uh, that uh, the enemy would try to, you know, they would try to kill Jesus, the Pharisees. You know, Jesus would say, it is not my time. It's not my time. It was always referring to him going. You, you ever heard somebody that, that got in a car accident and they survived it. And some people say it wasn't his time. So when he said, it's not my time, it was referring to going to the crosses, pour out the Holy Spirit. It's not my time to give you the new wine, but what I will do, I will give you a substitute until it's my time to give you the new wine. What's the substitute? The Holy Spirit. 
is a better substitute. Or you, it's the real deal. Like Vander Holyfield. It's the real deal. Jesus is the real deal. Amen. And he has no additives. Amen. And he's pure, glory to God. And it says here, so, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, do something. And, and he said, when would I do? My time has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set, there were six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 to 30 gallons apiece. So these were these pots, think about it, that contained 20 to 30 gallons of water. And that's a lot of water. And they had to fill these six pots up. And do, and do you know, I, 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 I'm not trying to get you into numerology or biblical numerology, but numbers mean things in the Bible. And the number six means something. The number six actually stands for man. Number six stands for man. And so there were six pots. Think about this. Number six stands for man. And he said, fill them with water. The Holy Spirit is another representation of the Holy Spirit is water. Another symbolization. Fill man with the Holy Spirit. Fill these pots with the... Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Now take out the water. I won't read the rest. He said now... He told the servants, go take the water. Take it to the headmaster. And he tasted that water. That turned from water to wine. And the headmaster said, normally normally in Jewish customs, you serve the good wine first. And then after everybody got tipsy, then you serve the trash or or the worst wine. You serve the cheap stuff. But, but, but what he said, you chose to serve the best to last. What does that mean? That means that Jesus did his first miracle at a wedding. What does a wedding represent? A covenant between man and woman. He was at a wedding. What is Jesus? Jesus is called the, uh, Jesus called the groom. We're called the bride of Christ. Jesus is coming to make covenant with us through his blood. The wedding symbolizes a covenant between man and woman through a relationship. Amen. And, and, the, and the, the wine represents the blood of Jesus in the new covenant. And when he said, you chose to serve the best to last, in Hebrews it said that the better covenant is the new covenant. It's much better than the old covenant. So God chose the new covenant as the last covenant as a better covenant. Come on. Come on. God, we're getting deep in here today. We're getting deep in here today. Are you listening to me? And how did I get all that? I figured it out. No, the Holy Spirit dropped it down in my spirit in a millisecond. I didn't try to get the Greek and the Hebrew and figure it all out. It wasn't because I'm that smart. It's because he's that smart. And he will make you look smart. And the devil will make you look dumb as a box of rocks. If you listen to his suggestions and go his way. But if you listen to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will make you look like a genius. Hopefully he's making me look like a genius. But anyway. So let's say this, that that the Jewish wedding, and uh, it it was an awesome time. And the ceremony was a big deal. And the wine was a big deal as well in that ceremony. That was like... That, that, that was the important part of the ceremony was the wine. And, 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 and in the Jew, there's a Jewish saying, uh, where there's no wine, there's no joy. And that was back then. Well, they didn't have the Holy Spirit abiding in them. With the Holy Spirit, there's joy. 
So we don't have to go with that. But, 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 but back then, they had wine that represented joy. And when, I guess in the custom, when they ran out of wine, it, it said that there, it might be saying that there might not be no joy in the marriage. And I'm going to say this to you today. Maybe your marriage is a little strained today. Maybe, maybe your, your job situation is not that good. Maybe you're dealing with some physical ailments. And maybe you're, you've been fighting through some stress. But I'm going to say this. Allow God's joy to break through that stress. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Let's talk about some keys here, uh, how to receive your miracle. Before we can receive a miracle, we need to identify there's a problem. First of all, how many people want a problem in here? <laughs> how many people are signing up for problems? Nobody wants to be, have a problem. But for you to qualify or to receive a miracle, you've got to have a problem. Or you've got to have a desire for something more than what you got. Either you've got a problem or you've got a desire for something more than what you've got. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So, so problems aren't bad. Problems can be good if they turn you to Jesus, if they turn you focusing on God. But if they turn you to other things and turn you from running from the problem, then, that, then that's not going to help. But we got to turn it out. So, so, so we need a, you know, in the problem, they identified they had no wine, but, but we need a caution. I want to give you a little caution here. When, when, you, when you have the problem, don't focus just on the problem. Because one of the one of the things that the enemy will want to do, he wants us to get us to focus more on the problem than on the solution. Yes, there might be a problem, but Jesus is our solution. And we don't want to focus on the problem. We don't want to just pray the problem. No, we may talk to God about the problem, but we better start praying the promise. If we want to see a miracle in our life, we better start speaking some promise. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So speak the promise. In other words, focus on God's word. Yes. Number two, oh, do what Jesus, you know, one of the things that Mary said, uh, whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. Uh, you know, number two for the key for a miracle. A lot of times a miracle requires following God's word or his instructions. Hello. Listen, if you want a miracle breakthrough, I, I wasn't going to hit on this, but if you want a miracle, how many people want a financial miracle breakthrough? Amen. Start tithing. Oh, I don't want to hear that. Start giving offerings. What? Pastor? Well, the Bible says, test me. See if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you cannot get. What's the prerequisite of, 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 of an open heaven of finances? A financial blessing. Tithing and giving offerings. Pastor, but I, I want the blessing without, without following the instruction. Well, uh, I don't know if it works that way. You've got to follow the instruction. God has, you know, I've been a tither. I tithe everything that comes in. I tithe on everything. Every blessing that God gives me, I figure it out and I tithe back and give offerings. Why? Because, and I remember I was saying to my wife, but this is a lot of money that we give God. And, and, and God, and, and my wife said, well, well, um, the tithe belongs to God. I said, oh yeah, that's right. It's his. It's not mine. It's, when you start figuring out the tithe is the Lord's, it's going to be easy for you to tithe. Because it belongs to him. Woo, man, I didn't think I was going to go on that today. But, but listen, do what Jesus tells you to do. Sometimes, get, get, uh, sometimes to get our miracle, 
God will tell us to do things that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to give, you know, a tithe when you're barely making it now. It's quiet in this church today. Man, it does, but when God tells you to do something that doesn't make sense, he can open the doors of blessing in your life. I, I was in debt. God gave Yin and I an opportunity. And I'm telling you, we got a $20,000 blessing out of that opportunity to pay, down, pay off some credit cards. I don't know if it would have opened up if we weren't tithers and givers. Okay, well, we'll continue. <laughs> You're a pastor. That's why all these good things happen. No, no, listen. The good things can happen to you too. If, if good things are happening to me, it's because I'm following instructions. Follow the, what does the Bible mean? Basic instructions before leaving earth. Bible, B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. Basic instructions. You know, just follow the Bible. That's all I'm trying to get you guys to do. I would love to see God create millionaires in this church. Why? So you can give into the kingdom of God. Why do I want to make more? I want to give into the kingdom. I want my, one of my goals is to give a million dollars into the kingdom of God. I wrote that in my 20s when I was so saying, I want to give a million dollars into the kingdom of God. And I believe that God's going to open the doors for me to stroke a check of a million dollars. Glory to God for the kingdom. Somebody say for the kingdom. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so we need, we need to understand this, that God may tell you to do something crazy out of the box. Why? Because he wants to get a blessing to you. He, listen, I got to have God's super on my natural. I, I got to have his grace in my life. And I need his grace on my finances. I need his grace on my health. I need his grace on my stuff. I need his grace. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? It says in Isaiah 55, it says in verses 8 and 9, New Living Translation, it says, My thoughts are, are, are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God's ways are higher. God's ways are, are, are better than our ways. You know, we, we need to get a revelation of that that, that, that he may tell us to do something out of the box. It was out of the box for, for, um, for God. I'm going to say this. Jesus, a lot of times when he healed people, he, he, didn't do, he didn't do it all the same way. You know, a lot of people think, well, he healed people by laying hands on them. And that was a predominant way he healed people. He healed people by speaking the word of God. But he also did some really unusual things. He, you know, I, I could imagine there was this blind man and his friend said, I've seen Jesus healed. And Jesus, what he does, he lays his hands on you and you're going to see. That's what he did to the last blind man. And he's going to do that. And then Je- he brings, Je- he brings uh, the blind man to Jesus. And Jesus goes ahead and looks at the man, picks up some dirt spits on it, rubs it on his eyes, and says, go wash in the pool of shalom. And, and, and his friend probably said, ah, I didn't know he was going to do it that way. 
In other words, God can work a miracle a number of different ways by giving you an instruction. You following his instruction can provide a miracle in your life. What was the instruction for that man? Go in a pool and wash in the pool of Shalom. You go. Listen, if he didn't wash that mud off, if he just wiped it off and got mad at Jesus, you spit on my eyes and put mud. You know what I believe? Some say, why did Jesus do it that way? I, I have a philosophical answer for you. I don't know. I don't know why he spit on the mud. But I, I, I could probably assume, I assume that God created mankind out of the dust of the world. And, 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 and he, he formed man out of the dust. And maybe the man needed a creative miracle. And maybe the mud wasn't able to make him new eyes. I mean, boy, I, you know, and maybe he needed to do that to cause his eyes to be new. And he made a creative miracle out of the mud. That's better than I don't know. But anyway, I couldn't just imagine. And number three, we need, if we're going to get a miracle in our life, if we're going to be a miracle, we need to focus on, on what God wants you to do and not what God wants to do for you. Uh, let me say it again. Focus on what God wants to do in you, not what God wants to do for you. See, I'm going to say this. In the process of our miracle, God, and, and uh, anybody waiting for a miracle in here? Anybody waiting for an answer to prayer? In the process of you waiting for a miracle, God wants to do something on the inside of you. In other words, maybe he's trying to work some change in your personality. Maybe your personality needs a change. Maybe you need to learn to work in some patience. Maybe you're so impatient and you want it now and you have microwave faith and you want God to answer now. But listen, when you get everything now, you become a spoiled brat and you think you're all entitled. When God answers you now, you're an entitled man. You're the entitled guy. And then when God doesn't answer it right, it's literally split, serving you the way you think. You think, what's wrong with God? Nothing. God's more interested in you changing than, you, than, than, than him, him changing you, than you changing him. Last time I looked at my Bible, we're the servants and he's the master. Ooh, glory to God. You're preaching. So, so I, I really believe this. In the process of us believing God for a miracle, God wants to change us so that we can handle the miracle he gives us. And a lot of times we're asking God for big things, but we're not ready to receive those big things yet. Oh, you listen to what I'm saying to you today. And it says in 1 Peter 1, 6 and 9, it says, In this you greatly rejoice through now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials that the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire, may be found to the praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom have not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believe you rejoice with joy, inexpressibly, full of glory, receiving at the end the salvation of your souls. What is he saying here? He's saying that we're going to be distressed by trials. There are going to be things that we're going to be going through that we're not going to like. There's going to be issues that we're believing God for and we haven't seen. But God, but, but here Peter is saying that, that there's a process and when you go through the process, even though you're being tested, your faith is being tested, you're going to come out rejoicing at the end of your faith because all the promises are yes and amen. 
You will receive it. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? God's more interested in making you into something than getting you something at times. And you start coming to a place where you learn how to walk. Listen, you learn how to walk in the rest and the peace of God. No matter what's going on, I'm telling you, the devil has no handles. The devil can't control you. The devil won't be able to manipulate you because you're standing in truth, walking in victory, being led by the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Focus on what God's doing in you and not what God is doing for you. Number four, believe. If you're going to walk in a miracle, believe the unbelievable. I like what one person said. This minister said, if you're you're not using your faith for the impossible, you're not using your faith. If you're not using your faith, can I say it again? You can tweet this for the impossible. You're not using your faith. Ooh. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? In other words, our faith has to go to the next level. We need to believe the unbelievable. In John 11, 38 and 40, you know, Jesus comes to the grave site of Lazarus. And he was already dead four days in the grave. And Jesus already said to Martha and Mary that was upset about their brother dying and, and, and being in the tomb, felt like Jesus could have, could have stopped that if he got there in time, that Jesus could have healed Lazarus. But Jesus, there was a better plan. And God had a better plan. Instead of healing him, he's going to raise him. See, God may not deliver you. Uh, 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 he may not deliver you from the fire, but he may deliver you through the fire. Oh, you listen to what I'm saying to you. Faith is like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego when, when, they, when, the, when, the, uh, when King Nebuchadnezzar said, if you don't bow, you're going to burn. And they said, rather God delivers us from it or through it, we will never bow. They were walking in faith. They believed there were, either way, they're going through it. On the other side. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So we got to believe that. And so Jesus said it this way. Uh, to, to, uh, Jesus uh, said in 11, 30, 40. Then Jesus again groaning himself came to the tomb. It was a cave and the stone laid against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him, was dead. Uh, Martha, him, who was, was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench. For he has been dead four days. And Jesus said, you know what was a stench? Her faith. Her faith stunketh. Her, she didn't have the faith to believe that Jesus could do the impossible. But Jesus said, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? So what did they do? They followed an instruction. They removed the stone and Jesus raised him from the dead. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? If we just, if we just believe the unbelievable. Jesus said to him, if you can believe... Mark 9, 23, all things are possible to them who believe. I'm talking about walking in miracles. I'm closing down. The, the fifth key is that you have to, when you're in the process of believing, when you're in the process, of, you haven't seen it. The enemy's trying to get you weary. The enemy's trying to get you tired. The enemy wants you to throw in the towel and quit and say it's not worth it. I'm saying this day, the fifth key for you to walk in a miracle is you've got to keep your switch of faith turned on. 
you got to keep expecting no matter what it looks like. you got to keep your expectation up. You, how do you do that, Pastor? You praise God every day that God is doing something. You get his promises. You speak them to God. You say, thank God, by your stripes I'm healed. Today I'm walking out of pain. Today I'm walking out of suffering. Today I'm walking out of debt. Today I'm walking out of these things. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Keep the switch of faith. Look at your neighbor and say, keep the switch of faith turned on. When your hands are laid on you for healing, you believe that the power, even if you don't feel nothing. The Bible says if the hands are laid on you in faith, that the, 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 the faith uh, 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 of the word of God will heal the sick and, and they will recover. So you just say, thank God I'm recovering because the power, I may not have felt anything, but the word of God is more true than my feelings. And you start thanking God. I've heard people get miracle healings by thanking God. And the Bible said, Jesus said, as they went, they were healed. That's a process. You keep believing until it's consummated, until it comes to pass. You believe it today? Did you receive it today? I'll tell you, God wants to do. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you that you want to do a miracle in each one of our lives. And I thank you, Father God, that the greatest miracle that you can perform in our lives is a changed heart. And Father, we know that that miracle of salvation, that is the greatest miracle. And when one person repents and turns to God, you can transform a stony heart into a heart of flesh. And perhaps you're here in this, in this service this morning, perhaps you're watching online, and you, you, you don't, you've lost the joy. You, you've, you're about ready to give up. You're about ready to throw in the tower, or, or, or you, you, you don't have, you never had the joy. You, you never actually really gave your life to Jesus. And I'm going to say this, when you really give your heart to Jesus, he's going to fill you with his joy and his peace. Say this after me, if you're ready to do this. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead. For my justification, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 